Remember the talk into the mic. Right. Is this the mic? Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to episode four of the Wireless and Podcast. Thank you for liking, commenting, and just following all our socials and keeping up with the podcast. And even if you're following us, you know, on our musical journey, that's fine too. Please, thank you. But before we get into what we're going to talk about today, which is, you know, different hotels across the world and maybe a few little ghost stories. There is a bit of news that I'm actually really uh, excited about. It's in terms of, you know, streaming services. And I just wanted to mention it just a little bit in case people don't know. Um, You know, because of the pandemic, uh, a lot of big, big musicians aren't doing great, you know, as you know yourself and I know. But people like Bob Dylan and Stevie Nicks are selling their publishing rights. Did you hear about this? Yeah, I heard that. The, you the, heard about this? Bob Dylan sold the complete stuff to, yeah. was it Universal? Or? Universal, Stevie uh-huh. Nicks from, you know, Fleetwood Mac. She joined Fleetwood Mac in 74, 75. You know, she's uh, selling her catalogue. And then David Crosby, you know, from Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. He's doing the same thing. And then, surprise, surprise, Jimmy Page, you know, joined in, not selling his rights, you know, but he just wanted to support and he said he was compelled to write a letter in response and he just said, I fully appreciate the dilemma surrounding streaming royalties that should be rightfully paid to all musicians, writers who made the music, which is great because, you know, a lot of streaming uh, streaming services don't really pay as much as the physical copies, you know, of, you know, whether it be records or anything like that, but... But record, you know, sales have doubled in the last, I think, 10 years. Or maybe it's last year. Right. Did you hear about this as well? I wasn't aware of that. By the way, this is my son, Liam. Oh, yeah, I forgot to say. (laughs) I thought I'd just enlighten everybody. And I'm Barry Douglas. So Liam Douglas, Barry Douglas, I'm his dad and... I'm a, class- I'm a classical nerd and he's a, rock, a cool rock guitarist. But well, yeah, I, I, if you listen to the previous podcast, you know who we are. Yeah, it's really, really serious. But because, is, you know, what, 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 what gets me is it's the young people who are either just starting to study, you know, they're 18, 19 years of age, or the ones who are just graduating because the, the future is so unknown. There's nothing there. There's no work. I mean, and this online stuff is, is fine, but... You know, the the reproduction of sound for music, you know, for online classes and master classes and lessons yeah. is is not up to snuff yet. So, and, and then it depends on your own Wi-Fi. You know, some of these youngsters, maybe they live in a rural area and the Wi-Fi signal's not, not so good. But the thing is, if, you know, anybody can just release a song over all, you know, SoundCloud or, you know, Spotify or anything like that, but it's just they're not going to earn enough to, I, I guess, feel compelled to, you know, keep going, you know, yeah. unless they have a huge following. But 
I think this is great, you know, for fair royalties from the streaming platforms because, I mean, they're earning billions and, you know, a lot of the small people won't get it. And I think this is great. By time this happened, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, it's good. But let's get into what we're going to talk about. And that's... uh, Well, it it reminds me, Liam, of, you know, when when I was just saying to my mother that I wanted to be a musician and she was dead scared I was going to starve in a garret. And I feel that all all we musicians, we're not starving in our garrets, (laughs) but we're making podcasts and producing songs for SoundCloud. Yeah, we're expanding. You know, we're doing well. Uh, Fingers crossed for the future. You said you were going to move to London and study music. And your mom said, are you crazy? No, it, it was a series of um, bumps on the road because, first of all, I said I wanted to be a musician. And my mother, God rest her, she said, no, you should be a doctor because you know, oh, you, yeah. you'll be able to earn some money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, musicians don't earn money. And in, it used to be that you always did earn money, but now we don't anymore. So anyway, so I said, look, I'll do a music degree in university. And she said, okay, that, that sounds more stable and uh, it's building for the future. A friend of mine said, what, what are you going to university? You're a pianist. You just have to go to a music college in London. So I went to a music college in London, but I promised I'd do a degree. So to cut a very long story short, my mother agreed to that. And then I started it and there was so much work, I had no time to practice. So I just became a, a performer. And so you I dropped did, out. I dropped out of the, the degree course and just and, and went on Shame. studying in the Royal College Shame. of Music, which was great. Yeah. Uh, and I got, uh, it was just a new degree. And so instead of a B-mus, which is really very posh, I got a DIP RCM perf. Nice. <laughs> a diploma of the Royal College of perf. Music in performing. But that's what it was called. It was a new degree. But I had, I had fun in London. I mean, that was, you know, when I got to London, I just lapped it all up and it was amazing because I came from Belfast where we just we had the, the conflict and everything so there's nothing going on so yeah. when I went to London it was just like incredible just every night something and at this point if people know what you look like you I mean you still do you have a bit of scruff bit of a beard and I'm very but, scruffy are you but, saying but, but, but <laughs> back in the day w- w- when was this late 80s late, 80s? late, late 70s I'm afraid late to say. 70s oh yeah. sorry 78 I moved to oh, London wrong decade um but, you had but thank you for that. Black hair or dark brown hair. Black hair? Dark, dark brown, brown hair. It's very dark mm. anyway and a full mm. beard. And you kind of looked like, um, should I say this, Jerry Adams? Yeah, I was stopped coming into England all the time. I don't know who they thought I was. Well, I'm yeah. sure it wasn't Jerry, but <laughs> someone, but, someone yeah. very, very suspect, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> they thought here he is. But uh, to get into what we... We're going to talk about different hotels. What was, you know, when you're traveling, of course, you have to stay in many different accommodations, you know, if you're on tour or, but what was the best hotel for you? The best hotel ever? Well, not the best, best, not, oh, this is five stars or this is, you know, three stars or, you know, just what's the, you know, the best one that you've stayed in, no matter, you know, what the accolades I mean, there are fantastic gems all over the world, but I find in Asia, the hotels are just, it's not just the luxury and this, it's, and the welcome and everything and how everything works so incredibly well. It's the, the warmth of the staff. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible. I mean, there are wonderful staff all over the world, I have to say, but in Asia, it's especially so, and especially concentrated, especially Japan and Thailand. The hotels are, especially in Bangkok, are incredible. Tokyo, I adore. This is a fantastic. They, they built the Suntory Hall just as I started my career. Suntory Hall in Tokyo, 
and there was an amazing hotel that they built a high rise right beside it. Mm -hmm. And the first time I, I stayed there, it was, so that was in 87, and I was playing a couple of recitals on a concerto with orchestra, and I had my first earthquake. What? So it was in, it was in, and it was, this was a state of the art earthquake proof hotel. Yeah. I mean, you know, and then someone explained to oh, me what. Because they put weights at the top, is that what it is? Well, that, it's on rollers. So what happens is in an earthquake, someone explained this afterwards, I'm glad I didn't know it before. If you're at the top or the bottom, there's a lot of movement. There's no movement in the middle because it's actually... Oh, it's keeping it in place. It's oh. rolling and, it's, I, and I was right at the top and you could really feel it. I mean, you could feel it. You could see it moving if you look at lights outside the window. Yeah. This was in the middle of the night. Uh, and, and the creak, you know, it's like, you know, when you're on a, on a ship going through the night and you're sleeping and you're in your cabin oh, and you hear, back and forth. but there's this creaking sound all the time. And that's what it sounded. I felt I was on a ship. <laughs> so, but I mean, what, you, a, what, what a great did, hotel. What did you do? Did you just stay lying there in bed? Just, whoa, what the hell is this? Or did you go to your doorframe? Did you know what to do? Yeah, I went to the doorframe and I, I swung the mini bar. Wait, did you think it was? I brought the minibar with me to the door frame. <laughs> but uh, I realized, you know, I, I looked out the door and everyone else was still sleeping. No one was in the corridor, so I knew everything was fine. So, Wait, did you know it was an earthquake? Did you think, oh, this is an earthquake, definitely? Yeah, or did it you felt think like an earthquake. Just, oh, something's you know, going on. I've been in many earthquakes in, in Asia. Another one was in, in Taipei, in Taiwan. And that was an, an older hotel. Mm. And it felt like. I was lying in my bed at night. It always happens at night, of course, you know, when you've <laughs> no support mechanism. Yeah. It felt like someone was taking my bed and pushing it and pulling it back and forward. That's yeah. what it felt like. And in fact, the bed was moving. But, but it was like someone was in the room doing that. Yeah. So that was an older hotel, but it still stood up. It was yeah. fine. Yeah. Wait, did I ever experience an earthquake? No, I don't think so. Because I can't remember it, but it's just... Nope. Except when we were once on Mount Etna in Sicily, the guide said, I've just been told there's been oh, an earthquake on the yeah. mountain, so we have to get off the mountain. Yeah, so, you were... But I didn't feel it. You were playing in Palermo. In Palermo. And then in we, Sicily. And we decided as, you know, a good trip, because it's right there. We went to Stromboli uh, on a small island. Volcanic island. Yeah, and then we went to Etna. Yeah. We thought this would be great, you know, so my brother and, uh, and I tagged along with you, mm. saw your concert, and then went to Stromboli and then Etna. And then I went, went up Etna. It was like Mars up there. It was complete. It was so different yeah. up there. Because there was the older lava, which was more smooth, and there was the new lava, which had happened six months before. Yeah. And you could hardly walk in that. It was like walking on spikes. It was crackly. Well, I, I think... I think I did fall over and I cut my hand a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And we ran down that no, lava. No, we slid down. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Because that was the old lava, which is like a kind of a, a grainy, sandy thing. Yeah. But, but no sharp surfaces, you know, no hard things. Yeah. So you just, we just lay on our backsides and just slid down rather than Crazy. go down yeah. in the cable I car. I about that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we were meant to go higher up, weren't we? And we were then, meant to go and yeah, then, right uh, near the top. Our guide, who was also the owner of the little B and B, yeah, B and B, little yeah. hotel guest house thing. Lovely guy, and what was the name? Horatio, Orazio. Orazio. It, it was in um, terribly Sicilian. <laughs> yeah, in near near Catania. Yeah. yeah, and he said there has been an earthquake. Let's you know get the hell out of here. Yeah. And uh, we were happy to oblige. Yeah, we? we were fine <laughs> with that. 
But then a couple of months later, he said, oh, it's, you know, Etna's erupted. Yeah. And he asked us to come out there. Is that what he said? Yeah, he wanted us to come back. He said, come um, back and see this. <laughs> I've been back, of course, many times playing in Palermo, but I never managed to get back to, to Catania to see him. But we'll have to plan another trip. And they also never paid you. Yeah, that, yeah, I've had a few experiences of that. I know you're not going to say it, but I'll say it. You should pay him. <laughs> Did you get paid One for that day. trip that we were on? Or you got paid for half? I, I, got, a, I got a bit, yeah. Yeah, I got a bit. They're not great with no. um, pain on time. Yeah. No. So, you know, it's tough for a lot of Italian theatres because they don't get their funding confirmed on, yeah. until and the season move, starts. Yeah, they have to and move they've planned the, the whole thing. Yeah. So they have to move the money to A to B and then they, they can't get it to C. Yeah. And so you get paid later. You don't get paid at all often. Not often, but sometimes. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. But I, it's a great country. We love Italy. I mean, back to the hotels. In terms of you did go to India and then you came back vegetarian. Yeah. Which is interesting. Which, you know, doesn't often happen. Has that affected, <laughs> you know, because you come back after a concert and you go back to the hotel or wherever you're staying and then you want to eat, you know, you have a late night dinner and you can't really have anything. I mean, is it tough, you know, as a vegetarian to find anything it's getting better but, but most places still, are much yeah yeah now now it, it is great it used to be i mean france we know very well it used to be if you're vegetarian they laughed at you and they give you a lettuce leaf yeah but now it's much much better yeah and they they have some choices because it used to be just sandwiches and you know i mean you don't eat egg you're not vegan or anything well i'm vegan now yeah sort of yeah I, still I, eat fish. I will eat fish the odd time. If, yeah, if, if there's nothing. But else. you don't eat egg, don't not eat, because you're vegan, but it's dairy. just your your you went off eggs years ago. Well, the thing was, it was in Mumbai in India. I stayed in this hotel, incredible hotel, and they had this vegetarian Indian, obviously Indian restaurant. Yeah. And I went in there, and everything was absolutely incredible. And I thought, I can do this, <laughs> and so I became vegetarian, and I've loved every second. I just feel. I feel I feel that I'm more healthy. I'm sure I am more healthy, but um, the jury's you out. You look it. The jury's out. <laughs> You're very slim. You've gotten very slim, which is nice. Yeah, I managed to get some stuff off. Yeah. By time. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> and I ride 15 kilometers a day. But uh, no, what's what's the best hotel? You know, I know you said Asia and everything, but what's the one where you think, oh, when I go here. I love staying in this place, you know, one that you look forward to whenever you travel. Is there any hotel like that? Well, I think it's like visiting a friend. It, it's it's the one that you know oh, you very know the well. People. You're familiar with what happens. It's wonderful, you know, and you've got to have 24-hour room service. That's really very important. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There, there, there's so many. I mean, I think the Four Seasons in Bangkok, the Four Seasons in Munich, these are the great hotels. But I also love and small boutique hotels. I think now that is really becoming something what is great. But these small boutique hotels where they don't have many rooms, but it's it's more of a feeling of a country house, a country house hotel, or you're you're with friends. It's not a huge four hundred, you know, bedroom hotel with you know, which sometimes feels a little bit impersonal. Yeah, but there are some amazing examples of that around. I always loved, and I think we did experience an earthquake here. It was in San Francisco. One, I think it was the last time I was in America. 
that was 2011. That was 2011, yeah. 11, yeah. Stayed in the motel in the middle a of motel, San Francisco. Yeah, it was so nice because it's, it's very expensive there. And we stayed in this little place. And I think that I was scared at first because I thought, oh, this is America, you know, motel. We're going to get murdered. Too many psycho movies. Yeah. But no, I enjoyed it in the end because it was very uh, homely and um, cozy. Yeah. Very nice. That's when we went over to Alcatraz. Alcatraz, yeah. And they locked us up. Do you remember they locked oh, us yeah, up? Oh, yeah, in the isolation in, uh, yeah, chamber. Solitary yeah, yeah, yeah. confinement. Yeah. Yeah. You know Alcatraz is uh, supposedly uh, haunted? Really? Yeah. Oh. Al Capone and people like that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's interesting. Speaking of which, nice segue, isn't it? Yes, I'm Ghost impressed. stories. <laughs> I didn't plan that, but... Yeah. You have ghost stories from many different hotels. Well, so I normally, just for the listeners, you know, stay on the lookout for which hotels I, I normally are wouldn't, haunted. wouldn't tell anybody about this, so I'll just keep it between you and me, Liam. Okay. Don't <laughs> you tell me. That's yeah. fine. No, I've had two major... Uh, Both in hotels. Meet and greets. Yeah. <laughs> one was in El Paso, Texas, and El one Paso. was in, in um, Madrid in Spain. Okay. The one in Madrid was quite interesting because I think it holds more... A feeling of that there could be something because I definitely saw an apparition well, you, in my so in my you room. believe in ghosts. Well, I don't you believe, believe in something. It. I don't believe in anything, but um, ghosts. I've seen, I've seen apparitions. Yes, yeah. This one was quite interesting because uh, it was right very near the Auditorio Nacional in, in Madrid, and it was a con well. I'll, I'll tell you what happened. It was an apparition. I was watching a bit of. Uh, I never watched football or rugby. I was watching a sports match on the TV. Yeah. And then I, I turned off and turned the light off. And I it was late. Maybe it was 12, 1 in the morning. And yeah. then suddenly in the middle of the night, there was this glow in the room. And you know, in Spain and many countries, they have these shutters. So when you have these shutters down, there's no light from from the street. There's no street lamp. There's yeah. nothing. There's no... It's, Pitch black, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, but, what kind of glow was it? Soft or was it? It was a turquoise, bluey green turquoise. Okay. glow, and it, faint. It, it was quite well. It bright, not no, not not bright, no, not not faint. Anyway. It was kind of medium strength, uh, and there was uh, <laughs> on a dim. There was a, a child at the end of the bed, a child with no head, and a little boy, little girl. I don't know. I don't know what it was because I couldn't see, you know, if they had trousers on or a skirt or dress. It was more, you know, one of those um, hospital things, you know, that, that they give oh, you. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That scared the living bejesus out of me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I turned the, the rugby match back on and watched it for two or three hours. But the next day I was talking to some Spanish friends and they said, you know that, that new hotel is a converted children's hospice and other people, musicians, have seen, seen that. apparitions. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's pretty weighty evidence, isn't it? Or all musicians Would that stand are up crazy. In a stand up in a court of law? Maybe not. Um, no, well, I mean, that's the age-old question. People always say, do you believe in ghosts? You know, yes, no. And it's just, it's just all about the experience. Yeah. And so then successive trips to play in Madrid, I wouldn't be staying in that hotel because I found some other beautiful hotels. But... I used to go visit for a glass of wine just to say, I'm back, I'm back here. <laughs> yeah. Behave yourselves. <laughs> and so it, it, it's a lovely hotel. 
okay, now El Paso, El Paso? El Paso. El Paso. That, that wasn't so, you know, dramatic, but it was just a, a little kind of uh, red object in the in the corner of the ceiling. That's all uh, it was? Yeah, just sitting there looking at me. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. But in El Paso, rather like Boulder, Colorado, they, there's a lot of psychics who live there and they, I don't know, they've got great stories and they... They claim that there's so much going on there that's uh, yeah. hypernormal. So maybe maybe they, one of them one of them got out or something like that and uh, came in and wanted to reach out to me. Maybe maybe it was an alien. <laughs> and well, I, there's another and, thing. And I was on my alcohol-free tour mood at that time, so it wasn't that. Yeah. Do you still anyway, do that? Isn't this quite boring? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not to me, anyway. But, um, no, we have other uh, ghost stories, you know, speaking of which, in Paris, in our apartment. Oh, that's right. We've had different experiences, which is freaky. I mean, we might have your wife on, my mom, to talk about it, but she will, you know, talk for hours about it. But there was a small little boy that climbed over mom. That's right. You were away. Ran up the corridor. Ran up the corridor. And mum thought it was me going to use the toilet. And she went out, couldn't find me. I was in bed, Mm. sleeping, sound asleep. That was one experience. So she was freaked out by that. But then there was another time where I crawled over. That's right. Because I used to, whenever I got scared, I used to climb into bed with mum and, you know, watch TV or do whatever. Something climbed over to the top of her and she thought, oh, it's lame. He's gotten scared again, but nothing was there. Mm. And then it jumped off the bed and it made a big, you know, it was yeah, big thud. wooden floor. So a big thud. And that's pretty spooky. Yeah. Well, you and Fergus, you were talking to something on the ceiling. Oh, no, that was Fergus. It was Fergus? Yeah, my brother, he was... Uh, he said, there's a wee guy up there. We're having a chat. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Fergus will never forgive us for saying this. <laughs> anyway, he's quite sane. Well, to be determined anyway. But any more stories like that that you can think of? Not extraterrestrial stories. No. No. Mostly but we have weird spooky dramas. stories where, you know, um, granddad, mum's dad... The day with the date that he passed away is the same date as sources. No, that, that? that's my father. Oh, um, he passed away in 1988. Yeah. At four in the morning on the 23rd of January. And exactly seven years later to the minute. Yeah. Sorcia, your sister was born. So I think that's. That's freaky. Fairly significant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the exact, to the minute. Yeah, well, certainly that's just four, just maybe five minutes after Close four in the morning. Same date anyway. Yeah. That's freaky. Yeah. That's spooky. And so if you believe in the figure seven, I mean, certainly the, I, I got very interested in this, in, in the geometry of existence and how there are patterns. Yeah. Uh, and there's some great books Synchronicities, about that. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of synchronicity. I mean, people see repeated, you know, patterns and numbers over and over again, and then they draw, you know, significance to it, and it's just, Mm. it's pretty spooky. Often I wake up in the morning 
for whatever reason, are just... Oh, same time every day. 6.22. 6.22. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the telephone number of my piano teacher at the Royal College of Music, 6221910. doesn't exist, that number anymore, so don't dial it. <laughs> 622, yeah. That's freaky. Was that the six three no six three three squadron? Was that film in the during the Second World War? No, this is six two two, and it's not six 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 either. Right, but back to the hotels, you know. So El, well, El Paso hotels. was that that was in a hotel, right? That was in a hotel. I can't remember hotel, much about nothing. the hotel. It was it was lovely. It was it was slightly outside the the main city. Yeah, yeah. But I remember when I started what touring. What was the worst hotel? When I started touring, oh, this with is it. The, with the Tokyo Quartet. And I remember they would say to me, we just can't wait to get on tour. I said, why? You, you miss home? Yeah, we miss our families and everything, but we can't wait to get on tour because life is very simple. Yeah. You eat, you drink, you play, and people bring you stuff in your hotel. <laughs> it's very You don't have to put the garbage out. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. You just play and eat and go to the next place and you do the same thing again. And I find that that is the case. And hotels, of course, play a big part in this because they're your little oases on the tour. It's great when you're checking in. And even if you're early and you can still check in, your room's ready and they give you the key. Oasis? What do you mean oasis? An, an oasis. It's the, why, the plural. Why would you say it like that? Because, you know, when like, you're on the road and, you know, things go wrong, your flight's late or... You know, you've got a lot of baggage or you've got a bad review the night before and you get to the hotel and you lie down. It's an oasis. So hotels, the good ones, unless it's a, a ropey hotel. Pretty shit uh, one, Wonderful. Yeah. And a place of calm. Yeah. <laughs> but what was the worst hotel you ever stayed in? My goodness. Don't, I know you're going to be nice about it, but just say it. Do you know what it was? No. Did I ever say? No, but no. I'll never, I'll, I'll ask you afterwards, but... Yeah. Come on, go for it. You're never going to stay there again. Uh, no, I've, I've had many, you know. It's usually in a small town and, you know, I've done long tours. You know, you're in a small town and um, the best thing they have is some kind of rat-infested B&B. You know? Ew. <laughs> yeah, so I was in a very interesting hotel in China, in southern China. So it was October 2019. Yeah. They had me in... I don't know, there was the Four Seasons or the Condor. It was a quite a major city. But because I, I had to get back to London because I got my dates wrong, I had to play at the Wigmore Hall the next day in London. Yeah. I, I couldn't stay overnight. So I managed. To... So I, I, I flew in, played the recital. Yeah. No, flew in, had a day room at this hotel. Okay. Played the concert, went straight back to the airport. Got into London, went straight to the Wigmore Hall and played a lunchtime, BBC lunchtime concert with... Uh, the Borden Quartet. And so that was pretty ropey because, you know, you could hear everything. It, it was smelly. There were a lot of insects. Mm. Uh, the bed was hard and the bathroom, I don't get me talking about the bathroom, but I was only there for three hours. So it didn't really matter. But what was funny is I arrived at seven in the morning from China into yeah. London. The concert was at one o'clock. I was supposed to rehearse with the quartet at 11. And... They didn't, they didn't show up. So we were waiting. It was 12, and this is BBC Radio 3 live radio. Yeah. Live concert. I kept getting news. They were stuck in traffic. There was some big parade, and there was a... So this was, I don't know what that was. 
where there was it was a protest against something against the government or something and they arrived just at one o'clock yeah just bang on one o'clock so what happens really three I think they have five minutes news and then you start yeah so it, it was ironic so the presenter said it's amazing Barry Douglas has flown in for this concert from China the Gordon Quartet were coming from Kensington and they've just arrived at <laughs> <laughs> the exact same time <laughs> yeah so that, that was lucky I, I made it <laughs> Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Any more? No. Come on. Oh, there's one that you will remember. Oh, we I, w- I was there. In northern Italy. Which one? It was on Lago di Garda or Lago Maggiore. And we'd just know. been down in Tuscany. I was playing in a festival there after we were in Provence. And we were on the way back to Paris. And we stopped off in Baveno. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, that was that was. A, it's not that the hotel was, it was not nice. Was it's it, the people, it was the, the owners, and the restaurant were not nice. Oh my god! Yeah, and I'll no matter what we that. asked for, it just was a huge problem. But you could see that we, and yeah, we we pay. were having dinner, and we could see you know other people were getting annoyed with the staff, and then we got annoyed with them because they're just oh, they were terrible. Yeah, it's it's I really. I mean, if you when you're to, working in the service industry, you have to just have some. Yeah. How not to be some courtesy about it? Serve, yeah, uh, uh, to, to, to um, serve in a discussing. In a do, yeah, do you remember? How the, not to the, run hospitality? The waiter dropped a piece of bread, and then he just he looked down and just kicked it under the table. Do you remember that? Yes, my goodness. <laughs> and I remember saying, "That guy just kicked bread under the table." Mm. Yeah, I mean. It reminds me, uh, uh, talking about rat infested, I was once playing in Paris, Salpleil, and the conductor and a few of us, dare to my wife, your your mum, we went out for dinner afterwards. Yeah. It's a Place Vagram. This happens quite often in older places in it Paris, but that what? doesn't mean oh, I know this. Oh, yeah. that you need to be fearful. But um, there were some little visitors running around our heels. Yeah, little ratatouilles, yeah. I won't, of course, name the place, but they have these incredible elevators outside on the pavement for bringing in beer and wine and stuff. Yeah, or they bring out the rubbish. kegs. Yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. And it goes directly from the storeroom and the kitchen right up, directly onto the outside pavement. Yeah. And they open this to bring some stuff up, and a whole mess of them. Leather, yeah, of rats came up and ran out onto the street. <laughs> And it was it was June time, so it was hot, so they had all the windows open. So that's I guess how some of the the creatures got in. Yeah. Oh well, that's great. Yeah. So, but the food was pretty good. <laughs> well, you know, but yeah, I mean, in Spain, you know, they just run up and down the streets, no problem, and they sit down with you, you know, to dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Those lower rats everywhere. Uh, and the animal rats too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen rats in hotels? Not in a hotel, only no. in restaurants. Mice or anything like that? No. No. I've seen cockroaches. Cockroaches. Yeah. You see, I'm, usually in bathrooms. I'm usually thinking that uh, a lot of these hotels are pretty, you know, bleak. But you know, they they, also, they don't sound too bad. I mean, running a hotel, I can't imagine what it's like. I mean, I, they have these programs on where they some personality follows, you know, what happens behind the scenes. Yeah. I mean, it's like a smooth running machine. These I hotels. Th- they did that in the 
Shelburne in Dublin. All right. I think that RT did the. Yeah, that's a great hotel. That's where I used to always stay in the Shelburne. It's Didn't great. we go there for drinks every time we came we to did. Dublin yeah. before I moved we went there? Afternoon tea. Afternoon tea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember that. They used to have this kind of junior suite on the top floor with water beds. Have you ever slept in a waterbed? It's fantastic. Sounds disgusting. Yeah. I don't think they have them anymore. But I, I then moved to the Conrad when it moved, when it, it was built just across the road from the National Concert Hall because it was just easier for me to go back and forward across the street. But Dublin has some great hotels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you would stay in the Brooks Hotel and like the Conrad. The yeah. 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 Um, They're all great. Fitzwilliam, Four Seasons, a lot. Dublin is a great place. Yeah. That's why you, I live. you should try it out. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever get a chance to go to Dublin, go. It's good fun. Yeah, it's great fun. And you'll get insulted by the people, but that means they love you. I love it. You walk down the street in Dublin, you hear five or six languages. Oh, I, I first time when I moved there, I thought because you remember I, I wanted to learn German again because I did two years of German years back uh, in Paris. And I thought, okay, I'm moving to Dublin, you know, to study music and everything. So I thought, oh, I might as well do German alongside. It'll be good for me. And I did it for a couple of months. But I was surprised to hear a lot of, I heard a lot of German speaking, you know, and I met a lot of French people. So I got to speak French a lot with a lot of people. It was very surprising. But yeah, it's a, Dublin's a pretty, um, what's the word? It's eclectic. That's <laughs> wonderful. It's, it's a treasure chest. Great Wide people. Palette. Great community. Yeah. And in Ireland, you know, swearing is a language of its own. So mm. it's good fun too. But they always change a vowel so it kind of sounds slightly more polite. Yeah. Instead of it's you, like, it's E. It's like uh, Billy Connolly. I think I said this before, but it's like punctuation, mm. swearing. Yeah. 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 I love it. Do you know what we're doing now? Wireless. We're wireless at home. Yeah. <laughs> It's when what were we someone talking won't about? shut the, something up. They keep on and on shut and the on f- and on. Yeah. <laughs> and they never stop. But yeah. And you try um, to get a word in edgeways. And it just doesn't work because they just get louder. Yeah. That's I, wireless. Yeah. A great hotel. I remember before I had a car accident, which I think we mentioned previously. Um, yeah. I used to love running. So I can still do bicycle, you know, cycling and everything. Oh, wait. But there was this amazing... Sorry, I was going to interrupt you. Yeah, I, think it's the, it's, I think it's the Four Seasons in, in Bangkok, which is on the river. Yeah. So the main hotel is on one side of the river. But the restaurant and the gym was on the other side of the river. And the spa and all of that stuff, massage and everything. So every morning I would get up. Yeah. And I would. they had their own little ferry and it would go across the river. And it's a fast-flowing River with a ton of boats and, you know, people bringing fruit and vegetables up and they're selling stuff. And so it meanders across to the other side. And then you go up there and there's the gym. Then you have a shower and then you go into the breakfast room. And I just adored that. We went for a cruise every morning. so nice. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's actually really nice. Yeah. Oh, that's good fun. Yeah. And then you have fresh mango and papaya. Just incredible. Dragon fruit. When when you're saying that you you jogged my memory, I, I was going I was wanting to talk about this, but you know the Culloden Hotel in Bangor. Mm. Um, no, it's it's, it's Coltraw between Coltraw. between Hollywood and Bangor. It's near Bangor. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> 
But every summer you would do the. Uh, I think we definitely mentioned this: the Clowny Boy Festival. You yeah. know, you do you run a classical festival uh, every summer, and it's a different theme every year. But you would stay in this hotel. You well, you would stay in the Clowny Boy Lodge. It was either Clowny Boy Lodge or Culloden. And the the lodge. Well, both hotels would have a lot of weddings, you know. And if the, the lodge was packed, you would go to the Culloden. But it's slightly more expensive. I think it's four star hotel, isn't it? Yeah, four star. Both are great. I mean, they, both they, are great. Clannibal Lodge is kind of a more boutique style, but it's excellently run and beautiful food, great staff, and Culloden as well. Yeah, but the Culloden, I've completely forgot about this, but we weren't up in Clannibal with you, as in, and I mean we, as in my sister, my brother, and me. We were back home, and. You and Mum ran we into Casabian. Uh, we we were at the bar. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you you dropped it in. I think a year later, Mum just said, "Oh yeah, we ran into them." You know, Casabian, the yeah. band. N- nice people. Yeah. How do you do that? Well, what was I, the thing? I, I, was I, it just I wasn't au fait with the implications of the of the of the reunion of the rendezvous. Yeah. It was just quite by chance, and by we just stood at the bar. Chance, lovely yeah. guy. I think they were playing in the arena or somewhere. Yeah. But lots of people love to visit. I mean, it's 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 a beautiful place. It's an old bishop's palace, which was converted to a hotel. Then they have a modern extension, and you because it's on a hill, in the yeah. Hollywood Hills. It might be Castle. No, it's Hollywood Hills. There, you can see right down to Belfast Lock. And you see right over to Carrick Fergus on the other side of Belfast Lock, and on in the summer. Oh yeah, it is so beautiful. Yeah. And you see the Stena line coming in and out, or you know, boats with uh, freight and stuff, and beautiful. And you're going there today? today yeah, because my orchestra's office is today, yeah. at Clandiboy, and oh, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we just have to check everything's going well, and it is swimmingly well. Yeah, and you're running the orchestra now, you know, after... Yes, I, I'm just doing a little bit more hands-on office work, yeah. which I'm dreadful at, but uh, I do enjoy it. And we just uh, are putting the whole thing together this year because it was because of the pandemic. It was all online during the summer, and now the academy part, where we have young musicians being uh, taught by our guest artists from all around the world. Yeah, that's all digital masterclasses now. That'll be all online. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, but everyone stays there in the Culloden. Everyone, but we, uh, other hotels. Oh, excuse me, <laughs> bit my lip there. Other hotels are available. I have to add. But what's the place in, was it L.A. where you saw TVs on the roof or something down below? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's in West Hollywood. The place I used to all stay at the Sunset Marquee, but I used to stay also at this place called the Bellage Hotel. And that's where you you go on your balcony, you'd see, you know, sofas, TVs, all sorts all of things, e- even toilets, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, so I, I just always imagine some drunken, drug-riven orgy of violence and pleasure and everything by some rock stars and they just lost lost the plot well if yeah if people don't know hotels in america well particularly you know los angeles are famous for especially the hyatt house the continental hyatt house which was nicknamed the riot house because led zeppelin would rent out the you know the top floor and throw tvs out the window and everything and soap up you know the corridor carpet and as people were coming out in, in the elevator, you know, you would see, you know, the band members sliding up the carpet yeah, all yeah. day long. I remember when I when I made my debut in Slippy LA. Slippy slide. 
I made my debut in LA at the Hollywood Bowl with the LA Philharmonic. And they sent to LAX airport, they sent a stretch limo. And it was my first stretch limo. So I got into the limo and take me to my hotel, <laughs> which was the Sunset Marquee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lo lovely hotel, yeah, yeah. West Hollywood. And there were all these screaming fans waiting outside. And as I pulled up, I said, my goodness, this is the welcoming stuff. You know, this is what I've been waiting for. I've arrived. By time. I've made it. <laughs> and I, they opened the door and I, I stood, I, I got out. And, and then they, uh, thought, they dispersed immediately. Who the, who the fuck? <laughs> I, I don't know who they were waiting for. But, uh, I think they, they thought, oh. I think they mistook me for a classical musician. Who's this, <laughs> this guy? Yeah. Get another one. Yeah. That's funny. But stretch yeah, limbs. I, I forgot stretch about the, yeah, yeah, are they, fun. They thought you were, you know, that's good fun. They don't do that yeah. much anymore, do they? Who? Well, for classical musicians anyway, stretch limos. Not so much. Um, usually it's a, it's a town car, which is basically a small limo. <laughs> Good enough, that's fine. With an outboard motor. <laughs> well, anyway, I think we just want to say... Yeah. Just keep listening and like us and, and ask us some stuff and we'll get back to you. Yeah, and we'll answer them on the podcast. Yeah. And um, thank you so much for listening. No challenging questions, please. I know we didn't answer, you know, really what the title of the podcast really means, but we'll get to it in a bit. Maybe in the next one. Or the all one will, after that. All will be revealed yeah. in the fifth podcast. Well, thank you so much for listening. And, uh, you know, like, comment and uh, follow us. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you all. Okay. Bye. Bye.